Lads, two on one podcast, the only show where Corey Perry is actually liked by a majority of its hosts. How are we, gentlemen? I'm good. We have reassembled. Yeah, I know. It's it's been kind of loosey-goosey who's here, who's not the past couple of weeks, but we're all back together. The Triforce of Wisdom, Courage, and Power. Yes, I was going to use either the Avengers or um, Voltron, but I'll use the Avengers. So if we were to be the Avengers, who would you guys be? Before we go to that, I just want to say Elon Musk, if you're going to fix one thing on Twitter... Fix the algorithm so I like one Marvel tweet and then every spoiler to do with uh, what's it called? Multiverse of Madness. Doctor I know Strange. what happens now. Oh, I know what happens wait. now. I, oh, man, it looks like true. this. Are you going to go watch it anyways? Or No, no, no. So you're saying that by liking the tweet, it multiplied about the multiverse. Sure, sure. Yes. Uh, wait, so yeah, if we were the Avengers, who would wait, be who? Yeah. Yeah. Alex would be Bruce Banner. Because he turns into a different person when he's angry. Um, Daniel would be Ant Man. I'm gonna be Ant Man. (laughs) Why? Ant Man's cool. We all Scott's cool. No, but why Ant Man? Yeah, why? Why me? Oh, I thought you said you didn't want to be. Oh, because you're very, you're goofy. You're very positive. You're a big fan, like Ant Man is. Um, I don't know who I would be. I don't know. You guys are gonna have to, to do be that. continued. I don't know. Daniel, you yeah. do it. Daniel, you decide. Um, have a, it's been a long work day. I'm just, I need you to decide for me. I don't know. You'd be. I think Captain America, because you're uh, once you, know you. That's a good show. Once you know your values and the things you are passionate about, you never let them go. Thank you, Daniel. Yeah. I'll take it. He is my favorite Avenger after all. So fair enough. I'll take him. Okay. Also, I love Winter Soldier. Great movie. Like mm-hmm. honestly, don't talk about the people don't talk about how good movie that that a good a movie that is. Gentlemen, before we talk about the playoffs and going through every series, because what's funny is this is the first time in the playoffs. I think Alex has been on the, the pod because he missed last episode. Yes. yes and the sure. gap since then is there's been three Leafs games since we last recorded, for example. He's a changed um, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the playoffs do that to people. Playoffs do that to people. But before we get to that, guys, there's two things we actually there's a few things we have to go through. Uh, two personnel changes, and I want to preview tomorrow because tomorrow's the NHL draft lottery. Get excited, people! But first off, news of the day, absolutely shocking. The New York Islanders have fired Barry Trotz, the Eggman. I can't. What was your guys' reaction when you heard the news? Because I was stunned. I was caught off guard, to be honest. I was just sitting. I was sitting there, and I, I, I didn't. I saw it before Friedman retweeted it. Oh, like, there was wow. that ahead I'm of like, it. I'm like, yeah, that's a first, right? Considering Roger Sportsnet. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's stuck for so your TV. I, I had it. to do it. I had to do it. Um, but no, I was so like surprised. Uh, I feel like I was one of a f- many few who were like still high on the Islanders where it's like, guys, like I I think we're coming back next year and we're going to see a similar team to what we've seen the last two years. But I guess Lou Lamorello has other plans. And if Lou Lamorello Lamorello says he has other plans, he has other plans. It's just the way the world works. Daniel. At first, I think I was shocked that it happened because I think that he's done an amazing job, Barry Trotz with, the Islanders, and there were a lot of things going on that I think were beyond his control that led to the dismal finish for the team. But at the same time, what I'm feeling now is 
it's a Lou move and we will never know why he did it to be honest, like all the other past coaching changes he did with New Jersey because it's Lou Lamorello and it never leaks to the media. Well, I think today he, he was directly asked and he's like, I'd rather not say, which people are speculating about that. Friedman sort of not reported, but has a theory that maybe it was just, it's just a pure thing of players maybe wanting a new voice. Yeah. Um, my first question was, is this, is this centered around Matthew Barzell in some way, shape or form um, about him not being maybe the player we all expect him to be? But then you think, who have some of his line mates been? All the Wallstrom's been up and down and hasn't worked. I just think I don't look at the Islanders and think we have a coaching problem here. They start with that massive road trip, which is sort of that out of Barry Trotz's control that you mentioned there, Daniel. Do you think of some of the decisions they made? They lose Nicoletti. Um, now, like Noah Dobson's had such a great breakout year, but um, that Devon Taves uh, deal well, doesn't look good for the Islanders. Those two seconds, and look how good Taves is with Kale McCarr in Colorado. Leaving Eberly exposed, re-signing Palmieri after having a bit of a disappointing stretch with the Islanders, and Eberly gets claimed an expansion. It's just, you know, Barry Trotz, in my opinion, might be the greatest systems coach we've ever seen in the game of hockey. Um, I've never seen such a negative reaction to a coach's firing that I saw on Islanders Twitter today. I, I, I can't think of one. Yeah, though, it, it's surprising. <laughs> It's surprising, right? Because, like, why would you – why – like like you said, Adam, like, was Barry Trotz the problem? It's not like his system has proved to be – like, Ovechkin has some of his best years under Barry Trotz. Right. So it's not like his system purely pulls back offensive capability. Now, maybe it doesn't work with Barzell, and people have sort of said maybe Barzell's the type of player that needs less coaching. He's more free flowing. Then I think, okay, you know, does he need a Marty St. Louis type? If I don't even want to come to Montreal, bar, so come on, come have you, please. But is that the thing? Is and this is what's so annoying, as you guys said, we're not going to know because Lou just won't let us know. Nothing so Barry, no, I won't. So apparently, Barry Trotz is going to take some time. Um, I believe it was Freeman may have said that apparently he might be interested in the upper management position. I mean, he's been coaching for how long? What, what's it? So Nashville, Washington, and now the Islanders. Like three teams only in his entire career. Right. That's pretty – I'm trying to think. How many did Scotty Bowman do? Montreal, I think Pittsburgh, Detroit? I think so. I will double check. Yeah. And then, for and then, me, the surprising part of it was what you said, Adam, is he's a system guy. Yeah. And when I think about that, the way the team was built, that's that signature Lou Lamorello for me. Um, that's what he uh, did so well with with the Devils. That's what he's been able to do when he had his greatest successes with that franchise. And I really thought that this was just mimicking it the same way. But again, we, we spoke about how things were before with Lou Lamorello and the way he, I guess, looks at coaches, the way he kind of wants to assess and evaluate how well they do with things. Because I remember when the Devils were winning their divisions and he just felt, I think it was John McClain, where he said the team was not playoff ready. Mm -hmm. And he fired him like four or five games before the end of the season. 
Yeah. And same thing with Claude Julien. Same thing with other situations there too. So it is it is just a signature Lou thing, but at the same time, I think this really does establish that one of the best coaches right now is going to be on the open market. Maybe he does take that upper management role, but it's weird for me because I don't I don't know what the Islanders' next step would be from this. Mm-hmm. Just, just to confirm, uh, for Bo Scotty Bowman started with the Blues, went to the Canadians, Sabers, Penguins, and then finished off with the Detroit Red Wings. And that's Hall as a head coach in St. Louis included? Uh, yes, sir. So, uh, I mean, you know, it speaks to Barry that he's been around for so long. And, yeah, I'm looking at – I know, I was thinking of another longtime coach, uh, Joe Quinville, Blues, Chicago, Panthers, and that's it. And, unfortunately, he'll be hired again probably this summer, which is going to be a shame. And I, I hope the Islanders don't do that. So was they he might... Colorado? No. Yeah, right? Hold Joe on. Quinville? I don't know if that was as a head coach. Let me double-check. Because I was only looking as a head coach. I don't care about the system. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, uh, yeah. He was an assistant for three seasons in Colorado slash Quebec. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was 94 to 97. Would they, did they win any of those? They won in 2002. The Avalanche? No, they won um, 96 against the Panthers. No, I mean their second one I was trying. Okay, so oh, he, second one. 2001, yeah. yeah. 2001. Okay, so he was there for one of them. Yeah, because they won the year after they got the, the year after they relocated. Yeah, they, I think it was this, the first year they relocated. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah. Anyway, um, okay, uh, where else can we go for? Um, yeah, so anyway, um, I, I think it's useless to speculate about who the Islanders could pick up because we won't know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We, we won't. Um, there are candidates out there. Um, it's just funny to look back a couple of weeks ago, Daniel, when we did that little segment talking about, ah, do you know what? These coaches that won't be brought back never. And I really, really didn't. I thought Barry Trotz had the him and maybe John Cooper, the safest jobs in the league more than like Jared Bednar. I I thought he had the safest job in the league. So to both of you, we'll start with Alex and Daniel. Who is a team you could see Barry Trotz landing with? Let's say it's a head coaching job for argument's sake. Oh, man, I, I, I think to me, the obvious answer was and I didn't even realize it at first is Seattle. Uh, and with all due respect to Dave Hackstall, it did not work out this year for them. Uh, and, you know, the biggest thing there was their goaltending. Their goaltending wasn't great. Um, and there's probably more than one reason for that. You, you, Philip Grubauer doesn't just magically drop off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think if your ownership or if you're Ron Francis, that's the first call you make right now. I think that's very fair. Uh, Daniel. Yeah, I, I think I had two teams. So for me, I also thought Seattle because there's a lot of veteran guys out there. And what we saw with Barry Trotz was when he went to the Islanders, he got the most out of these guys that I didn't really view them as these game changers that he perceived them as. Like I think of a Josh Bailey or um, the emergence of an Anders Lee. And I think the Kraken have those elements you know he has his own guy there like Jordan Eberle Um, he still has Jaden Schwartz out there but the other team I think about are the Red Wings and it's also because Bray Trotz likes that system he likes to establish what he wants there and I think Steve Eiserman would give him that free reign to really see what they have with the young guys and establish a system and an identity um why'd you say Jaden Schwartz by the way when did him and Barry work together oh no I meant like Jaden Schwartz, as in like 
there are guys like capable good players he's kind of like a yeah he's a capable guy at just okay. you getting the most out of him um, not not to say that he was with Barry Trotz before I'm just saying he's an example of like a Josh Bailey yeah. type of player he's like a middle okay. six guy that maybe you could get all-star numbers out of him with the right coach. You're burying every coach to Detroit, eh? But, like, I mean, once <laughs> once Barry Trotz is there, you know, Barry Trotz is the type of guy that he he puts other coaches' jobs at risk. Um, uh, I'm just – I'm looking at some other teams, by the way. And, um, you, you know, by the side note, when's this Marty St. Louis extension coming? Can, can, we, can we hurry that up, please? Um, uh, so I, I just so I was thinking of uh, I'll put my phone on do not disturb. I'm sorry. Never forget when I did that. Then I looked at my phone and Jake Allen was a hab. My favorite clip That's in the true. show's history. Um, my first team I thought of was the Winnipeg Jets. Apparently Barry Trotz is from Manitoba. Um, if see, and here's another little wrinkle. So apparently stuff in Winnipeg seems to be calming down. Shifley has two more years. Dubois has some more term before they have to either lock him up or trade him. Barry Trotz's system is relying on players buying into the system. If Barry Trotz, at the same time of bringing him in, he can either bring the Jets together, make a Hellebuck's job a lot easier, and they can be a force in the central again, or you really realize, God damn it, Winnipeg, Barry Trotz can be the guy that exposes if Wheeler and Shifley really want to commit to winning at every level. So I think they'd be a great one. Also, Philadelphia, because, I mean, again, who open can bring in the defensive system more? And, yeah, open track. If you're going to – listen, if you're going to splash, cap, coaches don't go against the cap. So go do it. Um, the, I was going to say maybe the Devils, but apparently Jack Hughes really likes Lindy Ruff, which is weird. So I guess – so Lindy Ruff is staying there. Um, and I was gonna, I was gonna looking at some other teams and like Anaheim. Obviously, have the team option. Um, I don't know if the Sharks are okay with Bob Bugner, but do it. Vancouver could be another one if they don't figure it out with Boudreau and he goes somewhere else. So um, yeah, I mean, listen, or Golden Knights, Vegas, listen, that could happen. Listen, I think every coach is looking over their shoulder today, with the exception of two. John Cooper and, and Jared Bednar, depending on how the playoffs go. Yeah. When they lose to Minnesota in the second round, like my bracket says, uh, and maybe Rod Brindamore. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's add Rod Brindamore. I'm okay with mm-hmm. Unless mm-hmm. they lose, but I don't then, know. That's, that's you know, Rod. let's, let's start with the Bruins game okay. because I think, that's, you know, I should probably, that's, you know, there's one more thing I wanted to mention. Um, okay. Not even a year after he was hired, um, Pierre Maguire has been let go oh, uh, by the Ottawa Senators. I don't like that people are completely jumping on a man who lost his job. Now, financially, I'm sure he's doing fine. Apparently, his old NBC contract was massive. Um, and I, I'm sure it's not a good feeling to be let go so clearly, but people are indicating maybe that was such a good sign of him being a Melnick type of hire. But I'm sure Pierre Dorian's happy because that's good for his job security. Yeah, and, and I'm sure uh, Pierre Maguire, someone will call. Like, uh, maybe not a team per se, but I'm very sure NBC, or not NBC anymore, uh, someone on television will be calling him. I hope he stays in the area. I hope TSN rehires him because he was such an essential part of my childhood when it came to commentating that I'd love to see him again with Gord Miller. I I uh, I preferred 
I prefer having Ray and Gord. I think they had better chemistry, to be honest. Okay. Also, also the best. I also love after Mike Johnson mm-hmm. and Brian Mudrick. Let's let's come on though. Come on, I'm, Mike Johnson is just so I love Mike Johnson. So if I could have one media member on this show, forget Dangle, even Elliot, even Jet, put them to the side. I would be like Mike Johnson, please. Really? I love like that guy. I love Mike Johnson so much. Um, Alex, but, how about you? Sorry, just I know we're talking about hey, Cameron Bar, but Alex, you're uh, you're a media guy. Because I have mine already, but you have. Okay, Daniel, go. Let me think about it. I mentioned it before. Like, I'd love to have Tim McAuliffe on. Like, I think he'd just be one of the buddies and we'd be talking for hours here. He'd have great advice. Yeah, he'd get great advice. Alex? I think I'd I'd go with, uh, I mean, I feel like I I should go with Dangle. Um, Yeah. For the obvious reasons. I need some... (laughs) So we can complain about the Leafs. That man gets paid to watch a game on YouTube while his heart rate is is on screen. I want to know how he feels about that. (laughs) He must be loving life. Unless the Leafs lose, and then he's going to be sad. Um, Another guy, this wasn't in the notes, but I do want to mention this. Um, ESPN probably won't hire Pierre McGuire because they brought on someone else for the playoffs coverage. They have brought on P.K. Subban for the playoffs, which... If that man is done in the offseason, that career is ready for him. And I like he's going to ESPN because I feel like they will allow him to be much more a PK. And I wouldn't be surprised if they gave PK his own thing. Like, I don't know if he gets Kenny the Jet Smith's own Kenny's Court type thing. I think, plus the American market, he, he's a smart guy. Mm-hmm. I love that he's doing that. Even though if Petrie gets traded, I'd really like PK in Montreal, but... I think what a great hire. Great it's hire. So so natural for me. I yeah. I became a huge fan with him during the pandemic with the podcast he came out with. He was excellent as a host. Um the jokes just were so good. Um my favorite one was I think when I told you he had Steve Dangle on <clears throat> and yeah. he talked about how he met the rock for the first time and he said DJ and then Steve just lost it. He's like, You call him DJ right. or Dwayne. Right. And then PK is like, yeah, I'm not going to go up to him and go like, hey, The Rock, what's what's going on? I think that's what, um, oh, God, who's the guy? You think that's when Vin Diesel calls him and that's why he quit 10? Because he's like, stop calling me The Rock, DJ. <laughs> anyway, that's the only pop culture reference you're going to get out of me today. Um, okay, it, seriously, it, though. It, it, for PK, if, uh, oh, if yeah, I'm sorry. a Canadian medium, medium uh, company, I'm calling him as soon as possible. Oh, Rogers are probably slapping themselves right now saying, oh, we should have gotten them. Oh, we should have. No disrespect to the guys they have on, but I'd love to see PK and Kevin Bieksa just doing their thing. Right. Defensemen just shoving bodies. Yeah, that's dressed the ward. Well, PK would just take it in a <laughs> man, or just, oh, I just imagine you, you, you switch broadcasts and you like in one broadcast, you got Lundquist on MSG and then you go, to, and then you go to ESPN and there's PK and you're like, Oh, this is this is just unfair. I forgot why I had my hat on because my hair looks like crap. Anyway, um, the draft lottery is tomorrow. We'll bring this up quickly. 630. I'm thinking we do this, guys. Are, are you guys free tomorrow night around the draft lottery? It should be. What, what time is it? 630? I think it's 630. Yeah, because so. Mike obviously wants to watch it with me because he wants to get my reaction. So what I'm thinking we can do I'm not live stream it. Because I don't want to go through that again. We can do. We it. just we do we get into the call, 
I'll have to double check with Mike because obviously I said yes to him first and I want to make a plan and Mike's being like, what are you talking about? But, and then we post that onto YouTube. Sure. Okay. So it's well, like after the lottery. Yeah. 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 We, we, we watch the lottery together, we record it and then we post it after the lottery. Oh, okay. Got sure. it. Got it. No, not like a post reaction. Like, how do you guys, cause I'm either going to be happy or too sad to host. Well, you know, that if, they, if the house fell to three, I'm not going to be. The vi- your video just goes off. It's just, gonna, yeah, I just hang <laughs> up. Oh, and the, the customer you are trying to reach is not available at the moment. <laughs> uh, so that'll be fun. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Uh, okay, let's go to the playoffs. Though, and we can talk about how we, the Bruins can wait, actually. The Bruins can wait, actually. What we're going to do is start with the Leafs for obvious reasons. Uh, okay. Exciting. The series is tied two to two going back to Toronto. Wait, can you five. say that one more time? The series is what? Tied. Okay, I just want to make sure. I just want to put that out there at the beginning before okay. <laughs> before the overreactions begin. Uh, it's difficult to go both game two, three, and four. So especially because I'll just I'll just read you the point blanks of a few of them before we have a discussion here. Mm-hmm. Game two, bad night for Simmons. Tampa power play pick so that Vasky looked better. Corey Bleep and Perry. Uh, oh, Alex was at the game. Yeah, I want to get that. Remind me, I want to get Alex's thing on that. Uh, Marner's grandma is so sweet. Guess they didn't want his dad at the games. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, game three, let's talk about Tavares. Are Tampa done? Adam, no, they were not. Uh, okay, Tavares and Nylander, more like Softlander. Uh, the Campbell pool and media question on Justin Hall. Oh, God, where do we start? Well, I think if, I mean, okay, where do you want to start? Your reaction to the game. I want yeah, to, hear about, I, I want uh, to know the, the game you went to because yeah. Scotiabank Arena has been, I think, maybe the loudest arena in the playoffs. What was that like for you being at the game? That's what I really, really want to know. Um, I, I mean, it was obviously anytime I go, especially when I get to go in the playoffs, is always incredible. It was definitely better. I went, um, I don't think I've been to a game when they played Boston, but I did go when they play, I went, I saw game six when they lost to Washington and the arena was 10 times better uh, last week. Oh, last week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. 10 times wow. better last week. Yeah. No, no. A hundred percent. It was just, it was always, okay. It wasn't always going. And, and I want to get to this point um, when we're talking about, games two and games four specifically, but you know, when things go downhill, things go downhill very quickly. Uh, I, I just, they don't, I don't know if it's the crowd or Leafs fans expectations, but when a goal gets scored against just flatlined the crowd. And that's an, not that I'm saying it's an issue. I just think like, guys, I get it. You, you get scored on, but. That's game two, did, it did feel like in game two, Tampa did a good job of, or even if that's just, that's just like the psyche of Leafs fans, I of think, just yeah. the, the life was just sucked out like popping a paper bag. Yeah, I think they did a good job of that uh, in the first two periods. And then I guess once the Leafs picked it up a bit, that also, you know, the crowd picked up a bit. But you got to, I don't know, maybe I'm just have high, high expectations, but you, you got to keep that energy going. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about right away. Um, let's just get this out the way because it was a big talking point coming out of the game last night. Mm-hmm. Sheldon Keith had the remark, I'm paraphrasing here, that he was happy that they're going back to Toronto split. Um, of course, both home series have been split. 
So, um, and the reaction was not great about it. Um, obviously, you know, Sid Sixero had some colorful tweets about all that kind of stuff. Um, Alex, you have a look on your face that made, it tells me you would like to say something. So go ahead. I, I just think, you know, I think there's just a lot of, uh, what's the word I want to use? I really got to think about it because I don't want to use the wrong word. It's just a lot of bad things going on outside. I'm going to stick with bad things. I think people have lost the plot. <laughs> like genuinely, I think people have genuinely lost the plot simply on the fact of, do you understand the team the Leafs are playing against? I mean, this fans of the team and fans are fans of other teams who are watching this series. Do you understand who the Leafs are playing against? I, I think the three of us can say yes. Cause we like, I don't know. I'd say we're reasonable human beings. They're playing against the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. They're playing against the best goalie in the world. I don't... Igor Shosturkin's going to win the Vesna, and I've had him to win the Vesna. Andre Vasilevsky is the best goalie in the world. He's second. He's second, but... No, he's the best goalie in the world. I have the stats to prove it. It's just... It it goes on and on. He's the best goalie in the world right now. Because Buffon retired. Don't, yeah. Exactly. Don't yeah. like. Don't disrespect the Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Lightning by not crapping on them first off when they lose because that was going on too. There was just excuses going around, but that's we'll save that for later. It is two two against the back to back Stanley Cup champions. Were you expecting? I'm not, and I'm not. I'm not defending the players. Mm. I'm defending. I'm. I am saying, look at the team you're playing against. Also, what is what do you want Sheldon Keefe to say? Sid, idiots on Twitter, what are you looking for Sheldon Keefe to say? I said, like personally, I said it. I think we had this conversation on the podcast because you, Adam, I think you were saying that you thought Sheldon Keefe should have been harder against the Leafs. I think. It was before the eight one game or seven. Uh, there's, um, it may have been the five, the six five OT loss against Florida. It might have been that where you said you thought that he should have ripped them or in a way ripped them in the media, and I said you can't do that again. You've done it multiple times this season. Mm-hmm. Again, you can't. Are you kidding me? Are you real? I want you to think about this for a second. Would John Cooper the probably is John Cooper the best coach in the NHL right now? I think you win back to back cups. Yeah, you pretty well have that. Is John Cooper ripping his team in the media? What did John Cooper do after five nothing against the Leafs? I don't remember, but I'll, I, it's, it's in my head, but I can't put it together. But he was oddly calm, like he is mm-hmm. on the bench. Cooper is a very calm, collective person. I think he made, I think he made observations about his own team, but I don't think he ripped ripped his own team i think he joked we made it easy on them correct or something like that yeah but he didn't go out there like sheldon keith did months prior and say this team is soft we played soft you can't do that time and time again you're going to lose the room like this so I, i asked the people on twitter what on earth did you want sheldon keith to say did you want sheldon keith to say yeah you know what justin hall is our worst defender 
I want you to think about that for a second. Did you want him to say that? So, like, so Steve Simmons was the reporter, right? Allegedly. We, yeah, I don't allegedly. know. I haven't, I haven't there, there was a reporter that people are saying was Steve Simmons asked, why did you play your worst defenseman in a game you wasn't was it a game you had to win? Or but something along those lines. Um, and then I think Sheldon asked, who's our worst defenseman? The guy says Justin Hall, and Sheldon goes back and says, that's your opinion. That that was yeah. That that's a case of like, ah uh, yeah, you got to defend your players there. And listen, Justin Hall was not amazing. No, but I mean, I think there are players that deserve more criticism than than him. But no, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, it's not a if you do it, if you're in the room. Like, listen, I I really think there's a different message in the room right now. I don't think he, he's yelling that soft and purposeless crap right now. But I I definitely feel like the players felt a bit of anger after. Because you can't put in that performance, right? But but it's it's um like it's a very the Leafs are they're in a weird position because they're in a series right now where momentum doesn't exist. You know what I mean? Because you have Tampa that are amazing after losses and Vasilevsky especially, and then you have the Leafs who just seem to. I don't know how to, how to describe it, but they just come out at, at the start of every other game to start. And it's just, we're not going to give the Tampa Bay Lightning any breath to start a game here. Or it's the flip night where they take too many penalties and then Tampa bite. But then on those other nights when the Leafs are well, the Tampa Bay Lightning can't score on the power play. And it's just sort of, you just have to keep playing your game in a way. And like, what's it going to do for Sheldon to go out and say, do you know what? Jack Campbell was awful tonight. If only we had a sit. No. It's the, it's the playoffs. You cannot do that. When was the last time we heard a coach rip their team in the playoffs? Also, if uh, Daniel, I'm going to let you speak. Just one more <laughs> thing. If you genuinely believe that the message that Sheldon Keefe is throwing out there in the media is the same message that he's throwing out there in the room. Oh my God. Delusion. Del- straight delusion. When uh, NHL coaches, noted tellers of truth. Daniel, go ahead. Yeah, um, I kind of agree with that, that we've mentioned that Sheldon keeps been very uh, in the past. Like he has he has called people out. He's he's called out the play of the players before. But at the same time, like it is the balance of what I've mentioned before is what did I call it the balance of the F-bombs. Remember in uh, the doc a series and um, in All or Nothing, and remember he just kept using it so many times that the message just sounded the same over and over again every episode. So I think that if, and we don't know what's going on in the locker room, but if he's going to drill into them what they need to do, especially after a really bad loss in game four, balance it because... I don't think that you're going to be able to get out of these guys if you just go hard on them. And I think with John Cooper, it is different that I think he's just, he's just earned. He's earned it that he could just be like, well, you know, it's a bad loss. What are you going to do? Because he's gone through the ringer so many times already with this team. He's gone through embarrassments. He's gone through the wins. So I think it's just different there with Sheldon Keith. There is that pressure, but Personally, I think he's handling it well, especially for playoff games that he's been able to still speak to the media, give them something to write about, something to talk about. But 
there is a bit of a balance there, and I'm not concerned either. Like it's it's split two two. Everyone thought the Leafs were going to get swept. I, oh come on now, no, yes, those yes, are the extreme yes, people. Yes, okay, okay. Listen, the extreme uh, people thought they were going to get swept. Listen, I'm not. Con- listen, am I concerned for the Leafs? Yes and no. Um, because I'm concerned. It's the same way I'm concerned for Tampa. Is I don't think Matthews has scored since game one. I don't remember when the, I think did Marner score in game. Yeah, he did. I'm pretty sure. Or game two. Tavares has gotten worse as the series has gone by. And I think William Nylander, listen, that play in the second period where he didn't go in to avoid getting hit, that made me mad to watch. And I don't, I'm not a least fan. I, that, that effort, I don't care if it's five, nothing. Um, that cannot, if I'm his teammate, I don't care if he scored two goals after. If I'm his teammate, I'm thinking when Matthew was in that, I think it was game one or two, when he threw that hit to open up the play for the bunting goal, if I see him doing that, and if, and I see if I'm Matthews and I'm doing that, and I'm Morgan Riley, and then I see Nylander avoid getting hit, I'm like, I can't say what I want to say because we can't score on this show, but I'd be like, what, William? What was that about? Um, so should we talk about Mr. Tavares, the captain? Before I'd like, uh, before that, I'd just like to say about William Nylander and that effort. Yeah. John Tortorella would never. I, I mean, man, man, if I was Pierre-Luc Dubois' teammate, I would have said many mad. Like, it, it was, I don't think it was that bad because that was a whole shift of like, man. I see, no, wait, I think Neil is just worse because it's the playoffs. Um, but anyway, I mean, it's it's the yeah. least smelliest of either crap, to be honest. Um, but let's start with Tavares. We can circle back to Nylander in a second um, because I think Tavares is, is I think, John Tavares, game five, I think, is the most important game of his career. And I don't think I'm exaggerating by that. He has to show up. I mean, I don't necessarily think it's the most important game of his career. I think it's his most important game as a Leaf, a thousand percent. I mean, he hasn't looked great. But, (laughs) I mean, some of the comments are a little extreme. Uh, We don't have to get into that. But, no, he he has not looked... um, particularly fantastic this series uh I, I i will i will admit that i really need him to, yeah i really want the leafs to have more of that secondary secondary scoring um this series has been a great battle between the fourth lines by the way i love the energy love the scoring no right but yeah i think with john Tavares, he just really needs to step it up offensively with things the other parts of his game have still been there but I kind of agree, Alex. I don't like the extremes I'm seeing there. Like people are saying he's an eleven million dollar Jay McClement, or he's an eleven million dollar Cedric mm-hmm. Paquette. He just great face off, great great win on the face off, and then that's it. I don't think him it's an like eleven that. million dollar Cedric Paquette. Who was doing that? I saw these random. Um, you know, the worst thing is that when you check the comments and then you just have to see everything. To yeah, yeah, it's what happens when everyone's allowed to tweet. Elon, fix that. <laughs> Elon, come on. Listen, like, listen, I, I'm not going to, that's a, that's a good chirp. I won't lie. 11 million. Listen, I think there is still a standard, like, uh, like his play, his, like his play away from the puck has always been like one of the strong points of his game. Right. I thought in game four, he was getting away from it a bit and his face-offs were taking a big hit. Um, listen, there is a standard with the, I, I think just, do you want to a top five paid player in the league? He might be. Um, 
because I'm thinking what McDavid, Carlson. I could go check uh, right now. Panarin. Yeah, please do. Um, he a thousand percent. Like, he, sorry, just, just let me just oh, see this sorry. one thing I'll throw it to you. It's like, listen, when David Camp is scoring like every other game, you're like, sweet. But like the production you're expecting from your second line, especially a night that Nylander and Tavares are put back together, like David Camp shouldn't be outscoring you. I was like, like, and that, that's a big part of that is on Tavares. I love the, I don't love him because he, you know why, but like, meeting. yeah, didn't give us a meeting, bastard. But you know, it's just like, I, I, yeah, it, it, it makes you, you pull your hair out. Like, we know you're better than this, John. Come on. Yeah. Right, so I have the number, by the way. Okay, yeah, so please. he has tied with Drew Doughty for fifth at $11 million per year. Yeah, I forgot about that. Doughty million. Um, I, 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 listen, I'm not going to defend John Tavares. Um, he has not been, he, he's not been good. Like, it's just a fact. And yeah, you're right. I think he, I, I think last, last night, it was definitely his worst game. I think his first two, the first two games where they played at home, I, I, I don't, I did not think he was that bad. Um, again, yes, he's not putting up the points. He has two assists in four games. That's a thousand percent, not good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when like, you know, I think you sometimes we look in that, uh, especially in the bottom six, and we say, "Well, you know, they're not putting up the points, but they're doing this." That's not. It, it doesn't work necessarily, in my opinion. It doesn't work the same uh, in this situation when it's John Tavares, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like you got to put up the points, and you have to do do stuff off the puck. You want a really hot take? Let's hear it. If the Leafs lose to the Tampa Bay Lightning, I'd strip him of the C and give it to Riley. So, see, I keep oh, wow. seeing that. And I, again, like I said. Wait, you know, wait, is that actually a thing? I, I see a couple people say that. Um, but they're just Leaf fans. It's not like anyone oh, okay. to take seriously. Okay. Um, I see that and I say, okay, I, once again, just because he. I, I think it's a Toronto thing. Uh-huh. I, I really think it's a Toronto thing where the expectation is, and it's not like he's not out there every single night. If you remember towards the back end of the Dion years, there, there were times where Dion or Phaneuf was sorry, wouldn't go out to the media. And that was the biggest story in the world. I, I don't think like, I think our perception of John Tavares is very different than the players simply like, yeah, I think if you're stripping him of the C, I just, okay, why? Because there needs to be, it's not just that. It's there have to be wholesale changes if they lose. And I think a part of that is, because listen, here's so the thing. I believe. What does wholesale changes mean? Like, cause, because. Nylander's if, gone. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all. Okay, so he's gone. I would probably think Campbell's gone, but I, I don't know if he's coming back anyway. That's a big question. I think the rest of the series is going to be big for him. I don't know if Sheldon's gone, but I I I think Barry Trotz opens a lot of things. I forgot to mention this. I was wondering if maybe if Florida lose to the Caps, I wonder if Andrew Burnett's back. But I wonder if there needs to be like a significant because I still don't think Tavares is going to finish his career as a Leaf. People already starting to say about moving him to the wing, and I'm like, maybe that's an option with the speed and that. Um, Listen. We've seen in other organizations like San Jose 
And I'm just, by the way, how weird is it that he was almost a shark when we're having that conversation? $13 million. Um, 13, and he turned it down? That's wild. What a man. I love it. Came to come to play at home. Um, respect for that. Um, but I, I just think it, it's just, there has to be changes. And as captain of a Canadian team, this call me crazy, he's got to be held to it. There's got to be consequences. Okay, but I, I think it's different. That, okay, so why did they change captains in San Jose? They didn't make the playoffs. I thought it was because uh, – no, no, I was, I'm was. i thinking of uh, – I was going to say, is that why Thornton was? No, because I was thinking of, it was Thornton Marlo. got traded from Boston because there was an injury, but he wasn't playing well. I was mixing them up in my head. So that's why, because they missed? No, so um, it was Marlowe at first as the captain, and then yeah. he got stripped, and then – it was a weird one, and it became Rob Blake. Yeah, yeah, we year. talked about this, yeah. And then he decided to retire. I think, no, he went back to LA and retired. And then it was Joe Thornton. Yeah. And then that was when, like, the Sharks were supposed to win, and then they didn't make the playoffs in 2015. Was so that the anti-Nami year? That, this was, he was still on the team. This was, like, his okay. third team. This was when um they got Timo Meyer in the draft. And okay. Joe Pavelski was given the C after. I remember that. Yeah, I think that may have been the Emmy year. Um, I, one I, more I, thing before I give it back to you. Sorry. Also, he wasn't supposed to be the captain. It was probably going to be Austin Matthews, but he got caught with his pants down. I uh, fair. I I just, I just think if you're changing the captain for the sake of change, changing the captain to say, well, there's consequences for losing, even though you've been cap. Like I, I just, you're gonna you have to change the captain for. A reason also like that's not a wholesale change like john tavares is still going to be a maple leaf next year go look at the boston bruins right just because so they're not going to change the captain for the sake of changing the captain they changed the captain because zadeno chara left but at the same time remember it's not just one leader in that room there's not one captain in boston when when it was that when the core was there there was uh chara there was Bergeron, there was Krejci, there was Luchi at one point. It's a, yeah, it's a, yeah. Like I, I think to say you were changing the captaincy because we need wholesale changes, but we're gonna keep the only guy we're trading is William Nylander. The rest of the actual core is still gonna be in, in still gonna be in place. I just don't think it really makes sense. There's but another example. Great Tavares. There's another example I have okay. to of, of uh, keeping things intact, but having multiple captains on the same team. Um, it was at the Dallas Stars. So it was Mike Badano, Darian Hatcher, Mike Badano again. Yeah. And then Brendan really? Morrow. That's weird. Yeah. Um, friendly reminder, it is 2-2. Am I getting ahead of myself? Yes. Um, anything else on the least we want to go to? Because we have been going a while and we have a lot of other series to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, can, when the Tampa Bay Lightning lose, can we also just completely freak out? Is that possible? We should. Right. Kucherov okay. is still okay. not Kucherov. I'm, I meant to make bring this up. Kucherov, uh, buddy, uh, APB out for Kinnikiya Kucherov. I just, I just, I, I'm all I ask. Either let's not freak out every time the Leafs lose, like. Or let's just freak out when Tampa Bay loses too, because like I, I'm ex- mentally exhausted by reading. If, if this Tampa crap. loses, Braden Point should be the captain. I agree, I, <laughs> man. Honestly, if 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 Stamkos hadn't scored last game, I would be ready to have that conversation. 
We're going to make it a thing. Listen, I'm telling you, man, watching the NBA, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm holding the stars accountable now. No more of this, this gummy bear stuff. Um, okay. Daniel, do you have anything else on the Leafs or. I'm just confident for game five. Um, As you should be. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Uh, no, you're not allowed to be confident. Oh, Daniel, sorry, I'm not they confident. They failed for six years, so therefore, just because they lost the last game, you're not allowed to be confident. All right. I don't make the rules. Twitter does. I am okay? indifferent to Game Five. Exactly. Well, if we're freaking out if Tampa lose, uh, we better be freaking out if Carolina lose. Uh, so the Bruins have come back since Jeremy Swayman came in, and then have tied the series up. First off, I want to give a shout out to Joe Foley who is the NHL worker who I think does the timeout stuff, has some sort of penalty box role. Uh, during, I think it was game three, um, a piece of the glass like fell on his head. He was stretching out. Apparently he's okay. And I think he's supposed to return to the series actually. Um, but that, that was scary. Don't bang the glass if you're at games. It's a rule. Don't bang the glass. And all around the Bruins bench, they were banging the glass. Don't do that. Idiots. Anyway, um, Ooh, another one where I'm like, are Boston done? Adam, no, shut up. Okay, so here's what's really bad about Carolina losing, especially going into game four. Um, obviously, Lindholm was not playing. Um, neither was Charlie McAvoy in game four. So the Bruins have lost their top pairing. Um, and the Canes are starting to melt down a bit, especially Tony D'Angelo. Especially Tony D'Angelo, who needed to change his diaper when he threw a stick at Brad Marchand at the end of Game Four. Also, oh. also their leading point scorer right now, Tony D. Mm-hmm. Wow. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have all of it up right now? Uh, I have it on my other computer. Yes. How? Who's their leading goal scorer? Probably seven. Uh, Nino Niederreiter. Oh, how many? Three goals. Bad. I wouldn't expect that one. Who's after that? I think Aho has uh, Trocheck and Aho both have two. Wait, how many does Fetchnikov have a goal or is he off the list right now? Uh, he has a goal. Oh, okay. So they need to um uh, they need to pick it up. No, they need to definitely pick it up. Um another great story from that game was Bergeron and Marshan, Pasternak too. Uh those guys, as they sort of always do when the Bruins need help, uh they did the bat, not the bat signal, the Bruins signal, and they came in. Bergeron and Marchand are just the way those guys step up in big moments. I don't know how many players in the league can do it like they do, especially in the playoffs. It's a little jealous to watch, to be honest. Yeah. When Bergeron scored in the first period, it was just so seamless that they're, they're doing what they need to do right now for the Bruins Mm -hmm. to get back in this. They have it. I think that there is that momentum shift in this series right now. Um, I think just Carolina right now, they're a bit teetering off of it. They're getting away from their game. And I don't know, like, Anthony Ron has been pretty solid up until this point. So we'll see how it goes. But, man, Boston, we've said it so many times. I, I didn't expect them. Like, we don't know how the series is going to go. I didn't expect them to win. But even when they lose this much more depth in the playoffs, they're still able to find a way. Yeah, and, and I think it comes down to when you look at Boston, I think a lot of it comes down to the core and and the years of development in terms, not necessarily of skill, but of, cult, of the culture in the locker room, which is my biggest thing uh, with a few teams over the years. But um, 
with Boston in particular, they have that winning core there, even though they, you know, they've lost pieces, right? Char is gone. Crew has gone. You look at uh, Lucic for, for that time there as well. That's what's going to keep them winning, even if they're not necessarily on paper, the best team. And I think that's what we're finding out. I think the first start of the series, it was certainly Carolina were dictating the way the game was played. But the Bruins have this knack for slowly chipping away at guys. And you saw, I cannot pronounce his name, the other Carolina goalie was playing earlier in the series. I can't pronounce it. Kochetkov. Kachikov. When him and Marshan were slashing each other, you're like, okay, cool. And so some people will look at that and think Marshan's melting down. No, that's the Bruins chip away at you. And Marshan's like the biggest example of that. I hated playing Boston in the playoffs. I I would have taken them this year rather than the Lightning. But again, it is such a pain. And, And I think that's why so many people looked at um looked at this series and said okay carolina you know it might be their year to break this quote-unquote drought in terms of beating the bruins but they're not boston's not an easy out they're really not there's certain teams in the playoffs that are just not an easy out and boston is it because they will chip at you again and again and again they need – sorry, go ahead, Dan. No, yeah, that and, like, the way they they know how to cling to the game, if that makes sense. It, like, it's 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 odd to say something like this, but it's kind of like a work of art in a way that no matter – like, they have the core, but no matter the personnel they have around that core, it's just – you're like, that's Bruins hockey. They're they're able to stay in the game. Um, When we talk about next man up and just the way their depth is right now, they're really showing that. Like, I think I didn't criticize it. I just thought the Eric Holla signing wasn't a signing I think about when you lose your second line center. But he's been someone as well, too, that he's just been able to elevate his game in the Boston Bruins system. Man, respect to the Bruins at the same time, though. Uh, Carolina have no excuse. Seriously, they'll lose that game. Uh, if if Lindholm and if Lindholm continues to be out, and I don't know the exact rules to do with McAvoy, but um, uh, no excuse for Carolina. They're they're a team that if they lose, they are another one that are not getting off the hook. I I will not let that happen. Um, to another series, uh, I love the series. Well, let's get the one out the way that very well could be ending pretty soon. Um, the Carol, ah, not the Carolina, the Colorado Avalanche and the um, the Nashville Predators. Okay, well, Connor Ingram showed up in game in game two and kind of gave everyone a bit of a bit of a scare, tiny bit of a scare. Um, ends up making I think it was like 49, 48 saves in the game after allowing the first shot of the game went on a tear until overtime happened. And then Cam McCarr happened because God, he's good. Um, here's what I'm really disappointed about. In Nashville, when we go to game three, right? Because game one was just a massacre. Game two was a hot goalie coming in. Game three is the big problem here. Um, Nashville are a team that should be fighting for every, sorry, should make Colorado fight for every inch of the ice, right? Um, In that game, it was winnable game three for Nashville. But the poor line changes... I think Colorado went three for three on their first three power plays. 
which not a surprise. Watch the way they move the puck. No one else in the league does it. I think Nashville really dropped the ball in game three, especially if after how great uh, Ingram was in game two. You were never expected to win this series, but I'm really disappointed with how they played in game three because I legit watching it, they had a chance. I'm not saying they should have won, but they had the chance and they let it. You are such a defensive-minded team, we know. But it was just like against Colorado, I thought they were way too sloppy. Yeah, like for me, this is a team you can't let up on. We saw how that happened in game one, especially. And with the Predators, I, I don't know what's going on. Like, well, we know what's going on, but like, th- I feel like they're teetering off too, as well, from their identity of what made them so successful, as well. Where I put them in that same category that they lost a ton of depth. They made certain trades that we really thought is a rebuild coming, but they keep Philip Forsberg. They, they make sure Matt Duchesne becomes a top six guy again. And I thought that they were going to have the same narrative coming into the series. For game three, I thought they had it for the first half, but they did become undisciplined. And I think I think they just, they're just overwhelmed. That's, that's the thing. I, I think this was the only series I picked as a sweep. And as of right now, I don't see any changes happening for game four because I think with Nashville – that really was their opportunity to make this a series. Before I throw it over to Alex, uh, no, in that game, also what's bad for Nashville is Darcy Kemper left that game after the first, or I think it was partway near the end of the first is when he left. By the way, Jared Bettner said he's doing well, and I think there's a chance he starts game four. Um, by the way, the goalies are all getting hurt, hey? Um, yeah. But uh, another bad thing for Nashville in that game, Alex, it was just a shameful, shameful. Yeah, it's. I think, Daniel, you kind of hit on the spies you can't let up. And you did. And you kind of paid for that, especially like you saw it in game one where it ended 7-2 and more so uh, two nights ago, 7-3, right? And I get it. I get it. You don't have UC Soros. But again, we're talking about the Colorado Avalanche. We're talking about a top-end team. And don't get me wrong, UC Soros is a top, top goaltender. But I think, you know, the play in front of – in front of their goaltenders, whether that's Connor Ingram or David Riddick. And listen, I gave my, I gave my David Riddick uh, crap last game. Yeah, I not, think the, not good. I think our last episode, sorry, I was on the, the team in front has to be better. This isn't a goalie thing. I think you have to, we have to look past the fact that UC Soros isn't in net. It's that's not the only thing right now. To put it bluntly, pretty safe to say their series is going to end tonight. I, I think it's by it's the time safe. you listen to the episode in the morning. There, it, yeah, it might be it might most be likely. Uh, a team that's on the brink of elimination. By the way, uh, it looks like pairings from warm up in the Panthers game. Uh, ben Chirot's on the top pair of Aaron Ekblad. Let's go, Big Ben. Yeah. let's go, Big Ben. Ah, um, how fun uh, will be when they pay the first round. <laughs> How many first round picks they pay at the deadline? Don't and, disrespect them, Gerard. And then lose in the first round. It's like, oh. guys. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let's let's have some. Come on, let's let's let's. Okay, hold on, hold no, on. No, no, I'm not on. giving respect to nobody. No one gives respect to my team. I don't give respect. Okay, to okay, hold on. Let me set it up. Okay, so, um, the Panthers have a pretty important game tonight. If you had told me that the the Caps were going to lead this series after more than one game. If you told me they were leading the series period, I would have said what's happened. But the fact that they're up 2-1, 
Um, I thought after game two is very much a sign of the, you know, the cats have woken up. Maybe this is like the Toronto series and you have the wild old experienced team and the young up and coming scoring threats and they're just going to trade games. We'll see. Um, but the big problem that I've noticed watching their games and like, like, like clarity sake, we made this her last episode. I want to make it clear the games that like, I'm especially watching and ones that I haven't been able to. I have tried my damnness to keep a sense on the like after game one on Washington and Florida. And something that's really worrying me about Florida, I don't know if they're playing their game much as they're playing the Caps. And I'm worried that they haven't scored on the power. They're 0 for 9 on the power play. That's a big worry. And in game three, when they let Ovechkin wide open, I was like, okay, well, that's there we go. That's a bad sign. Can I be honest? I'm a, I'm a little dumbfounded at how this series has gone. I think it's very it's very surprising for a couple of reasons. First, I mean, Florida won the President's Trophy, so it, it should be going a little bit better um, than this. Despite, yes, okay, the history of President's Trophy winner, whatever. Yes, all those other President's Trophies winners that didn't do anything in the playoffs also should have done better. That's besides the point. Um, you know the caps. <laughs> Pardon? Yeah. Speaking of the Washington Capitals, um, you know, I, I think it's easy to look at the Washington Capitals and say similar things of what I said about the Bruins, but it's just the last two years, especially in the Capitals case, you know, starting with the bubble and then kind of last year where I think what it was the Bruins, right. They played in the first round and it didn't really go well. It's like, do I, do I still have that same belief in the Capitals? And, you know, at the time when we did our playoff predictions, I would have said no. I'm I'm very surprised that they're winning. It's weird to me. It's like the way the Capitals have been able to play as well, especially with, you know, very minimal changes um, for the core or the supporting cast. It's weird. It's like it's they it's like they learned their lessons, a late lesson at that. For the last two years, it's just for me, just. I think the biggest focus, and credit to Adam for this, that our biggest focus was Ovechkin's scoring race, how the goals were going to be. And this is my opinion. This might be the team opinion. But they're just maybe realizing now, like, oh, my gosh, look at our ages for a lot of our team. And Ovi's still playing the way he's playing. He's still a superstar. And, like, we talk about, again, like, we talk about the last dance for the Crosby-Malkin era. Maybe... For them, in their own mind, this is the Ovechkin's last dance in terms of the way that core is. Um, yeah, it's just like when you mentioned the Panthers not playing their game, they've they've been stifled a lot on offense. Like that high power offense that we saw there, like they haven't been able to get the same shots. And Washington, like they're a very underrated defensive team, especially like when we think of a John Carlson and then beyond that, a lot of the other guys. So it's still only two one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, this has actually been my first uh part of the bracket broken because I said Panthers in five. So I still think Florida could make it up, but I really feel now that the way the momentum has shifted, this might be seven games. Two two things there. First off, isn't it funny that great defensive team, their last two coaches, forget about Todd Reardon. He doesn't Todd Reardon doesn't count. Uh, Laviolette and Trotz, two former Nashville uh, coaches who are all about defense always. Uh, that and 
let's all remember here the difference so far in this series from the last two years. Uh, once Sansonov came into play on the playoffs, he's been good. Yeah, he he's been how I was I was like Vanacek all the way. Then Sammy came in. He's been playing better. And really nice moment the other day when he was getting Sammy chance from the Caps crowd. Um, and I know those fans have been kind of harsh on Sammy, and uh, they, that, that, that was a good moment for him. So I, I'm happy that uh, it seems to be working out for him. But yeah, honestly, you know what? Um, this discussion could be a lot different tomorrow when the series could very well be twelve. Be 12. I think the, oh my god, there goes my mic. Oh, okay. It's just it's doing its thing. Oh, oh there we go. Oh, we're good. Are we back? It'll disconnect eventually. Um, but like honestly, like I still think the Panthers are gonna win. I just I I, I don't I don't see it, especially with Tom with Tom. Oh. With Tom Wilson. Yeah. No. I. I I'm disconnected. It. It's it's done. It's not coming. I'll it's deal not with coming it. back. Okay. Well, especially with Tom back. Wilson, I think missed a few games. I don't know if he's back yet, but if he's out. Then uh, I don't see the Caps making it that much longer. Tom Wilson has played a single game. Let's okay. find out if he's in tonight. Mm-hmm. But yeah, keep going. I think he he left game one. Um, but yeah, no, it's like by the way, Ovechkin's been playing great. Uh, like he, age does not affect that man. Like physically, he's also been a uh, a massive uh, a massive. wrecking ball out there. I like that TJ Oshie talked about that when he's like when Ovi decides to be physical. He the team just like he leads the team in that where everyone is being physical now. What was it? He's like all of us don't have that much skill or goatness in this, so everyone's gotta. It's people. It's like what people say about Crosby and the, like how he never takes a shift off. It's like if if Ovechkin's throwing hits, then what are we all doing? I love it. Uh, Daily Faceoff updated the lines this morning. Uh, Wilson was not in them. So yeah, so this isn't gonna. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna last much longer. Suspected left knee leg injury. That's from Samantha Pelton. And once you put once you put Ben Sherrod on the top pairing, I'm telling you, it works wonders. He's been down and out, and he's gonna come back like he always is. Ben Sherrod, we love him. Noted power pay spe- specialist, Ben Sherrod. Yeah, never again. Never again. <laughs> uh, never again. Oh goodness gracious! Uh, Minnesota, St. Louis. Uh, okay, Flurry's been a little better since game one. I'll give, give you that. Yes. Whatever. Uh, Bennington's now in the net in that series because uh, Huso wasn't. Uh, I mean, they weren't scoring any goals with for him, so that was a little unfair. Uh, this is the series I watched the least, but I tried to get as much as game four as I could. Um, so what I can see from a distance, Erickson Eck got screwed from a hat trick, which was a shame. But then Kaprizov scored one, so all those hats went for it. Um, Here's what's unfortunate for the Blues and their offense right now is Krug went down. I think Scandella went down again. I think Nick Letty's down. So, so their defense is just getting pounded. And yeah, for that, for like games two and three, they forgot how to score. They're a little better in game four, but um, I don't think anyone's kind of shocked this series is tied the way it is. Um, but I guess the big question is, is Binner going to keep it up? Because if Bennington folds and then if Huso doesn't have the, the experience and confidence in the playoffs, then Minnesota are going to take this series. Well, Bennington's for you guys first win last night uh, in the playoffs since 2019, which uh, wow. did ca- catch me off guard. Well, um, because remember Jake Allen won against Vancouver. I think it was. Oh Vancouver. yeah, he did. Yes. Right. Yeah. No, Never forget. Never forget that did. And then they traded him. <sighs> That's the most St. Louis thing. Um, <laughs> again, similar to Adam, this is like the one series where it's just been really difficult. Uh, to keep up personally, um, but 
again, it's not surprising that it's, it's tied. I think, you know, I thought this was going to be the most competitive series of, of the playoffs of, of the first round. Sorry. Where in terms of like, if it's, it's going to go to seven games, I, I find it hard to believe it won't. And I really think it could be a coin flip. I think Minnesota has been uh, really good this year. And I think St. Louis has, um, kind of had a bounce back after Daniel correctly predicted they would not make the playoffs last year. So I'm curious to know what Daniel thinks about this series. For me, um, I think it's just, it's, it's been good. I think with the wild being relentless offensively, um, it's the same tale of what they've been able to do last year against the golden Knights. But I think right now there's just a bit more of that confidence, more of that jump in getting the most out of their guys. Um, one thing I'd actually like to highlight too is, two things that Michael Russo wrote recently. So that is the low key acquisition of Jacob Middleton. When they traded Capo Kalkinen to the San Jose Sharks, um, he's become so solid. He's on the top pairing right now with Jared Splurgeon. And it's just been able to really kind of like stabilize things, especially the way their offseason went with a, a, a pretty good reshuffling of some of their defensemen, especially Ryan Suter not being there on the left side anymore. And another thing too is, and we, we mentioned it before, but it's just rediscovering that offensive search he's been able to do and just take that other level with Kevin Fiala. That for as much as we talk about Kirill Kaprasov, Fiala's just playing at that all-star level right now where he is probably going to be gone after this because the Wild cannot afford anybody. So it's just been good that they've been able to get the most out of these guys. You know, Dean Evanson's been doing this the past few years and... I still think the wild take it. I think I, I had this at seven games, but I had the wild taking it. They, they, they need to, um, they need to for my bracket. I haven't gone to the conference final, so they need to, uh, uh, they need to get a little better. They need to get a little better. Okay. Uh, Daniel, you and I trashed Mike Smith and then he had a shutout in game two okay. and then played great in game three for the Oilers. Um, but then LA go and turn it back around and tie the series last night off a 31 save shutout for Jonathan quick. I was talking to our good friend, Will Baldwin about Jonathan quick. Um, because he was telling me about why Jonathan quicks an impressive goalie. And he was telling me the way that he was kind of explaining to me that when Stefan white came into Montreal, it was about doing what Kerry did and making it easier on his body. Right. Will kind of explained to me that the way Jonathan quick plays is like, the flexibility in that there's so much effort almost being put in and it would make you think his knees would be grapple at this point. Um, but he was, he's been good this series. Like game three, I think it was, I was like the eight goal game. It was the only good part was Phil Deneau giving a stick to a fan who got a puck on his head. It was tough. Um, but like Jonathan Quickman is, I think Tom McClellan had that quote of there's a reason you want guys that have been there before it's kind of like the carry price thing, right? Like in the playoffs or just certain goalies that just, they turn it back on. And then McDavid in game four, by the way, was very quiet. And that's why game five, you should keep an eye out because that's not going to last very long. Yeah. Awesome. I think um, two things there. I, I'll go with Jonathan quick first. Um, Great. Yeah. Weird. Experience and the way he's been able to play. I think the biggest thing I see for him is a refreshed Jonathan quick. Um, when they were, on those cup runs, like uh, the years after that, when they were struggling quite a bit, they didn't really have the most solid backups for him. He was still playing like not Dominic Hashik level of like flopping everywhere, but like he had a, he has a pretty aggressive style that 
they were still riding him for 60, 60 games. And Cal Peterson being there, being a stabilizing force for them, being a younger guy there, they've been able to throw quick in. Um, we've, we've mentioned it so many times with Kawhi and load management. And then you just let him do his thing in the playoffs. I think Quick's been able to do that recently. Again, it's only game four, but Quick's been great. And doesn't this feel like the Leaf series, guys, that it's a back and forth right now in terms of no one's really picking up any momentum? I'll I'll agree with you on that, but I, I think the expectations are wholeheartedly different for the Oilers, uh, especially considering, you know, Drew Doughty's not playing. Like we can trash Drew Doughty all we want, but don't good like let's. Good he was he good, good this year. year. Let's not pretend like uh, as if he's not going to turn it on, turn it up during the playoffs. You know, we're having the discussion about Jonathan Quick. Drew Doughty's right. not just an exception to that. Go, what's going on with that? You know what I mean? He'd hurt someone in the. That's the kind of guy Doughty is. To he'd hurt you in the playoffs. Oh yeah, I'd and hate then to he's not there. It's 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 yeah. It's it's really bad that that. I'm just I look at the series I'm like this feels like the Oilers season in a nutshell (laughs) you think they're getting hot and then it's boom uh flat line so we'll see what happens there shout out to Alexi Lafreniere first career playoff goal and the Rangers are winning by one so we might as well go to their series right now um our game four is gonna be pretty huge guys because uh the Penguins they are up 2-1 in the series you never want to give Sidney Crosby the uh, the bounce back after they won that amazing game one and they won all the distance there. Uh, game two was pretty tough because Mike Matheson bet my bracket over a barrel and was the reason the Penguins lost, in my opinion. Though, seriously, he got beat on like half the goals. It was awful. No, no, I realized, I, why is he playing I, with Chris Letang on the top pair? Why is that a no, thing? It's it's just, it's, it's funny that that's how your bracket got broken because, I, you know... <laughs> I always forget you had Pittsburgh losing in four. No, Rangers in four. Rangers. Or sorry, Rangers losing, Pittsburgh winning in four. Sorry. I just, I always I still find that insane. That. Yeah. Listen, That's awesome. I don't care about games played. I, I just want the win. But still, like, you could be up three nothing right now if Mike Matheson wasn't a plug. It's just a saw. I just, he just, no, he made me really mad, is all. Um, game, game three was big and noteworthy because Igor Shusterkin was Chase the first time in his career he's allowed four goals in the first. The Rangers made it a game, uh, but they just couldn't quite come back, unfortunately. Um, and Crosby has also been really good. Yeah, what a, surpri- what a surprise. Again, the thing I said at, at the beginning of the playoffs, I said, I can't do it again. I, I, I just I don't want to bet against Sidney Crosby. It's a scary proposition. And I, I'm so far three games in. Uh, I'm, I think we're right guys. I think we're right on that. But what I wanted to say about, um, New York is just watching how they've, um, how they're playing. And and I think it was evident, especially towards the back end of the season. And I think I was talking about this with, with Mike, because uh, we were talking about the heart trophy. And I think just, there's this less dependency on Igor Shosturkin, I'm not, I'm not, I want to downplay it. He's again, he's the Vesna winner this year, 10,000%. Um, but what I think for me, uh, where he lost his heart contention, uh, like where he lost, where he was going to win the heart was obviously he dipped a little bit, but the team didn't depend on him the same way I think they used to. And I think for the team, that's hugely important. 
because the first half, every, all everyone talked about was Igor Shosturkin, Igor Shosturkin, Igor Shosturkin, and not about the actual players on the team. Rangers had a really good trade deadline. Vitrano and Cop have been really good. Uh, like oh, yeah. very quietly, some of the best stuff of the deadline. Uh, Daniel, thoughts before we finish with Dallas and Calgary? Yeah, two things. I'd like to apologize to Mike because I, when he you was don't on have the, to, you when, don't have to do that. When he was on the show, I criticized the Andrew Cobb deal because I said, "Listen, the Rangers are not going to do anything this year, and you give up assets for a team where I don't think they're bad. I just said there's like what Alex said, like." Igor Shosturkin is a known commodity. Wait, 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 we... wait. Didn't you have the Rangers winning the series, though? No, I had the Penguins. Oh, okay, never mind. Sorry, go ahead. The Penguins. Um, that, um, okay. yeah, Shosturkin is the known commodity there. And like Alex said, but I, I just mentioned, like, that young court is not ready to take the next step. But they've, like, they've been okay. They've been pretty solid this series. And as of right now, um, my thoughts on the series is, it's going to really depend because if they're able to tie it, then we'll see how things go. But I don't think Pitts, I think Pittsburgh has a bit of an edge this year, this, not this year, this series that they could go three, one. And I think that's going to be a bit of a solid three, one that they're not going to let go of it. Um, What young core, by the way, Lafreniere and Kako, because everyone else is old. What is it like Panarin's 30? Oh, Ryan Lindgren. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Him Fox. Fox is deceptively. Yeah, Fox, yeah. Fox isn't as old as I think he is. 23. Yeah. And he's so, so good. You know, the young defense. <laughs> like, um, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, Savannah Jad's older. Mm-hmm. Like, the core to me is Kreider, Panarin. Um, yeah. Fox. If, you know, it's, it's mixed. Okay. It's, it's you know, just it's, it's a little yeah. mixed. It's all man, you know, Panera and, and Crider are not spring chickens, and neither, neither is DJ Mika the band of Chad. So I'm curious to know what you guys think about this because I was thinking about it uh, during work today. And, you know, obviously Jari's out, DeSmith is out, and we have Louis Domingue in net for the Pittsburgh Penguins. If the Rangers don't win the series with – Pittsburgh's third goalie in net. Good point. Yeah. Like, I, that's what, like, it, I, I'm trying to figure out because, you know, I, I really value the core in Pittsburgh. Obviously, I picked them to win. I very much value that core. But I think going down to your third goaltender, I, I think is going to hurt you a bit. And I think we've seen it in, we're looking at it in Carolina. Now, it, it, like, <laughs> two yeah. games. It's yeah. it's all waiting on Jari, right? Yeah, I think a lot of it is, and I think the Smith was good enough, but he p- barely played. Yeah, 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 he got yeah, he needed muscle whatever's on, and then I love how it's like the Smith's good. He may have cramps done for the playoffs. Done like what happened? Play. But like, what are we looking at? with Louis Dominguez net like from the Rangers perspective like this is like a, they're being served I on a platter broccoli yeah like they're kind of being served this gift on a platter not that we're sorry I, I want to clarify I'm not saying there's gonna be wholesale changes but it's not it's not gonna be a good look if they lose you were insinuating yeah. that Louis Dominguez is better than eager should no 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 no, oh, no. It's, it's horrible for the Rangers oh absolutely 
I'm just okay. I'm just because yeah. yeah. like that'd be bad. I'm, okay, I just did we confirm by the way who's the backup goalie right now for Pittsburgh? Uh, I'll double check. Joe NHL. Joe Smith. Joe NHL. Well, I'll explain that out. Uh, talking about not letting stars get the uh, the benefit of the doubt. Johnny Goudreau and the Calgary Flames are down two one to the Dallas Stars. I don't care if it if, if it's a boring. Scene. I don't care what Friedman says about not being surprised. There is no excuse that the Flames should be down. The moment Dallas. <laughs> the moment Dallas scored in the empty netter in game two, 20 seconds later, I got a text from Will saying, same team every year. <laughs> I felt that too. Um, the moment Goudreau didn't score on that breakaway in game three, Johnny Hockey, hey, Adam. <laughs> it's so done. It's so, how are they losing? What's going? I don't care if it's Dallas. I know we said easy out. Like, they're not easy out. But come on, Calgary. Score a goal. Why is Kachuk so fixated on, oh, who's the guy? Uh, the no-name dude he keeps fighting. Uh, no, oh, no, not Klinger. Raffle, Raffle, Raffle. Oh, Michael Raffle, Michael yeah. Raffle. Okay. Who cares? legend. You're Matthew Kachuk. Who cares? Go score a goal. <laughs> I just I can't believe it. Oh, one thing before I throw it to you guys. Calgary fans, don't turn on Tyler Toffoli, you losers. He's a good person. Um, I have the answer to the goaltending. Okay. It is Alex Dorio, who, who, uh, I can't find where he was drafted, but he played. He split time between the AHL and ECHL this year. Oh, man. Knowing Pittsburgh, so that will tell you exactly. Jermaine will get hurt, and that what's his name? Alex Dorio. Dorio will then lead them to the promise line because it's Pittsburgh. I, I love how exactly. Here's the best part about the Pittsburgh Penguins: is half their players don't sound like real people. Well, sorry, one one more time. What's his name? Alex Dorio. Dor- <laughs> not a real person. Him and Brett Senny are not real. Does Curtis yeah. know who that man is? Can we just text him? Uh, I'm going text him. Big, text, uh, him and, yeah. text him right now to be like, have you heard of this dude, please? And okay. We're not ending until we get to it. But, okay. sorry, but while he's doing that, uh, Daniel, uh, the Flames are disappointing so far. They have been that um, I think that I was so high up on them changing the narrative and the culture of the way things would be. And right now it is really the same team that we've had before. I think that they've been able to add more depth. They've been able to really go all in and just do what they wanted to do. And the stars are really just kind of throwing it to them. They've just been, we talked about the straight jacket line in LA with the way Dallas has been able to play and kind of offset some of their scoring woes they've just been able to commit the flames to playing their own like not playing their own game right now Dallas have one line that can score and jason robertson hasn't done anything and they're still losing and it's just a weird thing like i i don't think it's the same vibe or energy as when they went to the finals right now but i think the stars are really proving me wrong because i thought they were not making the playoffs um my what last note for calgary is I need them to win because I want to watch a playoff game in Calgary. <laughs> I have them winning the cup. They, they cannot do me like this. Don't do it. Please. Don't. I have them winning the cup. Calgary? Yeah. Yeah, no, this, this is odd. You know, like they have three guys. They had three guys who had over 100 points. <laughs> and they and- all- 
They've scored a combined one. They've scored three goals in three wait, games. Wait, Lindholm hit 102? Uh, let me double check, but I'm. No, he sure. scored forty, but it's equally as. Oh no, no, sorry. They had three point per game guys. They had four, three guys who scored forty points, uh, forty goals, wow. and they have a combined three goals, um, in the series, and two of them are from Elias Lindholm. Is Johnny Gujo spending money, or does it not matter because the Flyers are going to say, "Hey, buddy, come here." Come here, well, you. I think he's spending money with 31 other NHL teams. And to your point, Philly is the 32nd team there. So they'll just pay him whatever. I don't like, I think the point of it's not surprising, I guess, is fair because of what we were talking about uh, on our playoff preview episode. But sorry, like, combined with the fact that they have three goals in three games. It's not acceptable. Not acceptable. I have an answer, by the way, if you guys are curious. Okay. From please. Curtis. Yeah. So I'll read what I said. The Capitals are winning, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, TJ Oshie won nothing. Oh, eight minutes. Sending out our love to Alex Bob. So Walker. I texted Curtis at 724. I said, Curtis, honest question. Three minutes you, ago. Yeah. Do you know who Alex Dorio is? Yeah. He responds a minute later. No clue. <laughs> and you look funny about the reason we asked Curtis, who you don't know, friend of ours, Penguins fan. We had him on the show a few times. He came on the show. Remember, he told us about this like European goalie prospect, the Pens had. Yep. And I, I think I don't know his name, but if he said it here, I'd remember it. So when they mentioned Dorio, Dar- I'm going to call him Dario Naharas. Game of Thrones fans will understand. If Mr. Dario, Dora, Dari, I'm calling him Dario. If Dario Naharas, was that pro? That's not even the guy no, Curtis no, mentioned. No, so- it's not. They traded no. that goalie. Yeah, we were actually for- talking. We were talking about it on. Uh, I went, and Raquel was not even playing on Thursday. Yeah. And, and he's, winning. Yeah, Kale Clay. Kale Clay. Oh, Clay. the Penguins. It doesn't matter. Pittsburgh don't care. We got Crosby. Who cares? Exactly. Well, they saw the old quest, the other goalie they got when they they drafted him with the pick they traded for Matt Murray. Do you want Jake Allen? Oh, Sam Poulin and uh, I think no, he apparently he's he's not Sidney Crosby for Jake Allen. Who was the first player you named? Sam Poulin, but oh. I think he's the fact that we don't hear his name in the major leagues after all these years, yeah. maybe it's like, hmm, maybe I not. I think maybe he's not working saying, out. I think that's what Curtis was saying on uh was saying on Thursday. Remember how we said the house weren't gonna get a first for Chevrolet? Where's my apology, damn it? <laughs> Where we were talking about that, uh, and he's like, I'm, I'm not like again, I don't feel bad for what I said, I, I stick by it. I don't care if he feels bad, I want my apology. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna get one. <laughs> you all thought I was crazy, but no, I wasn't. it's not that I thought you were crazy, I thought that GMs were crazy. How funny is it that Tampa and, and Florida could both lose and they both gave up like how many first round picks? Like a lot, a lot. combined <laughs> five, uh, four or five. So what? Tampa gave up two for Brandon Hagel, Sherratt, Giroux, and yeah, then yeah. they also gave up the Reinhardt one. Did Florida? Yeah, that was in the off season. So yeah, I guess yeah. five. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, that's it. I think uh, next episode we'll talk about probably some series being done. Um, 
I don't know when game sevens of that all line up. So we might actually, I don't know. I think the second or the first round will still be kind of leaking over. Yeah. And uh, before then you might just have a video of the draft lottery. Um, pray for me. Please pray for me. Um, with that, I also have the dentist tomorrow. I don't want to go to the dentist. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the playoffs. Uh, we all love the playoffs, don't we? Everyone loves the playoffs. Love the playoffs. Okay. Um, check out all the stuff in the link. Check out the show's TikTok. We love the TikTok. The YouTube version to see all our beautiful faces and my messy hair. Alex's bed. Daniel's hat. Championship Raptor. Daniel, who was drafted second overall after Zion Williamson? Jamarat. That's correct. Mm-hmm. I know that because I looked it up the other day. <laughs> anyway, that's it. Thank you. And goodbye. Bye, guys.